being a salesperson takes different roles along your career development. You start out knowing nothing. That's hard. It's really impossible. Then you graduate to knowing a lot, and that's even harder because now you're a know-it-all. Then you graduate to being able to know what you don't know, how to teach people what they need to know, and now you're a manager. That's almost impossible too. Takes a lot of grit to be a salesperson. You're talking to one. Let's talk sales next with Andy Steffi. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours. Here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. So folks, sales is hard. I know I've been doing it for 30 years. Sales is not easy. It's extremely rewarding, but it is the perfect place to display grit. You've got to have grit. You've got to care about your customers. You've got to care for your customers. When you do, you won't stop fighting for them. And that's the definition to me of sales, a transfer of enthusiasm of something that I care about enough that you will trade something for and we'll both be better off in the future for. And so we're going to talk about sales today on A Dash of Grit with our guest today. He is Andy Steffi. He's the owner and vice president of sales and marketing at UIS Insurance. Uh, They have multiple locations in Tiffin, Northwest Ohio, and Michigan, gaining as we go. And a lot of that is, uh, is due to the great company that UIS is and to the excellent leadership that Andy brings. So Andy, welcome to the show. You're the next guest on A Dash of Grit. Thanks, Brian. Very excited to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. And I'm excited to have you. And before we get started, I I, I appreciate insurance sales people. I, I never understood it. I never wanted to do it myself. But my insurance agent taught me once. He said, Brian, there is no better way to care for people and to take care of people's needs. People think they don't want it. They really need it. And I can't give up until they've, uh, I've expired every opportunity to serve them. And so I really care about what you do and I, and I, and I congratulate for you. I know it's not easy. Let's talk a little bit, Andy, about, uh, being a salesperson and being successful. Let me know what's going well with you as a salesperson or with UIS insurance. Uh, let's talk about success and then get into the grid. Okay. Sure. Um, so I've been with UIS since Oh two and, and since becoming a part of the team, have uh, been one of or the leading sales people. Um, and we went from a group of maybe 10 producers, where now we're over 30 producers. And, and somewhere along the line, I, I inherited the duties of managing the sales team. So trying to continually uh, bring expertise, bring sales training, um, and assistance to our newer producers. So their success continued to grow. And this will be the fifth year if numbers continue to track as they are through the first three quarters. We will set a new benchmark for the agency as far as new business revenue. Wow. Fifth year in a row? Yes. Fantastic. Let me ask you this question. Are you a big part of that as a seller still? Or are you more in the management role and enjoying the fruits of, of everyone else's hard work and labor? Still an active producer and still one of the leaders in that area. Um, and maybe some of our younger agents would say those that do can't teach or vice versa. Mm-hmm. So I, hopefully I'm bringing something to table uh, for them as well, but, but still 100% enjoy the hunt myself. 
Yeah. And I think that's critical. Don't you like, I I've seen great sellers fail miserably in management roles because what they do gets taken away and, and they just want to be on, on the front lines and sometimes great managers <laughs> like the kids right. say they can't sell. And so it's good for you that you're able to, do you, do you like that role of being able to do both or does it cause any challenges for you? Well, the, the part about it that I 100% totally enjoy is when I'm in the field with the newer producers. I, I love to go on joint appointments, see how they're uh, developing their process and, and helping them in areas where maybe they need to work a little more to develop it. So uh, sitting down and looking at numbers and all that, that's not the enjoyment. It, it's actually being in the field, rolling up your sleeves and, and having those experiences with other producers. Sometimes they're wins, sometimes they're losses, but they're all learning experiences. So that that's what I enjoy. Yeah. And, and, and you've worked hard to get up there. I know there's salespeople listening right now that, that want to be able to make that impact, that want to be able to grow into that position. You're now a, a vice president of sales and marketing with this large organization. So congratulations to you. I know it hasn't probably always been so easy. I know my life as a salesperson, say someone will interview me <laughs> about right. grit. I know how hard it is. I'm interested in your uh, history and, and your stories. Can you share with me some times when things weren't so easy or so successful that you really had to show some grit? Let's get into that part. Sure. And, and I think a uh, joke a lot of insurance people say is that you just have to last. You know, I've been a licensed agent since 94 mm -hmm. and uh, the first three years in the industry, um, it was 100% commission. Uh, you got a desk and a phone and, you know, one of the reasons you, I think, become more successful the longer you're in this business is definitely knowledge and other things like that. But it, but it's also a sense of experience. Um, so when you're fresh out of college, hey, potential client, I think you should listen to me about insurance. They're, they're looking at you like, what do you know? You, you yeah. know less than I do. Yeah. So, so it's very hard to scratch and claw and you call your friends, you call your family, but that list typically runs out pretty quickly uh, if you're hopefully being successful. So the first three years was um, mostly a lot of lessons. Those, those were the rewards I got, not a lot of compensation. Um, so, so did that uh, and, and then had an opportunity to go with a, um, captive insurance company and take over a book of business um, as well as sell. So that gave a little more stability. Um, but, but again, now you've got to learn to manage your time between taking care of those customers that are already paying a premium, as well as finding the time to go grow that book of business. So those, those were the things that uh, in the first, I would say, eight to nine years a lot of lessons and a lot of time management. I'm interested when you're going through those lessons. So those first three years are a lot of, like you say, have to last. Then you made a switch. Did you make the switch? And I think sellers will, will want to hear this answer. Did you make the switch because the lasting just wasn't going to pay off and you needed to make a switch so that you could take advantage of the lessons learned? Or did you make the switch just because it was the obvious next step? Could you have taken your lessons where you were and turned it into something, or did you need to switch so that you could actually, you know, kind of up your game a little bit? 
I, I think I needed to make the switch. Yeah. Um, um, the, the place I was at is an extremely successful organization, but it was all a bunch of sellers, no managers. So you, you know, we were, we were left to our own devices in the bullpen and you either sank or you swam. And, and, and I didn't, it was a, almost a total sink after three years. And it's like, you know what? I, I'm just not getting the help or the guidance that I need. Lessons I'm learning are good, but I'm not getting the help to develop. Um, so going from a desk and a phone in an independent situation to a captive carrier who provided a much uh, more detailed track and a training process, um, that was where I was able to, I guess, thrive and, and take the things that I did learn and then add it to what they were giving me. Um, Mm -hmm. Not to mention it was 30 minutes closer to home and an Mm -hmm. existing book of business. I mean, there were a lot of reasons for it, but I don't think the first situation I would have, I'd be where I'm at today if I would have tried to grind through that. Yeah. And, and, and the other, the opposite of trying to grind through is realizing that it's not working. How did you, how were you able to realize that while you were sinking, you still had a future in this business and wanted to see it work? What, what kept you from throwing in the towel and maybe trying something else? Well, I learned that I did hard to say love insurance. Um, I, I did love working with people. You know, the, the, there's so many benefits of sales positions as far as flexibility of schedule, being able to control your own income. You know, if you're working extremely hard, you should be rewarded. Um, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of people over the years that say, I go to work and I'm getting paid the same as this person that's doing half of what I do, you know, why, why do I want to give in, give that additional effort? I, I didn't ever want to be in that situation where there was a ceiling. I, if I was going to work 10, 12 hours a day, I wanted to see the rewards of that. So um, having a grasp of, of insurance and I thought being able to explain a complex product to people in a simple way, um, having the ability to make relationships and, and make connections with people. Those were the things that attracted me that said, I, I love this um, industry, but this track isn't working. I got to find another option. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, you, that's the best part about sales. That I think people don't remember or understand or realize that you are complete control of your own destiny. You can work as hard as you want. You can talk to whoever you want. You can make as much. I had one boss once tell me, Brian, you realize you make more money than me. And I wouldn't have it any other way, she said. I mean, she got it. You know, that yep. the whole company is going to do good. Why put a cap on things? So now you are a, uh, uh, you're, you're in the captive. Uh, is that the, the, the second stage of, of your career in the captive? Tell me about the hurdles to get to the next stage then. So while they provided a great track and, and development and management, um, the, the limitations of working for a sole company became very apparent because when that company decided that they were going to change their rates or change their product or change how they underwrite new business, I didn't have option B or C to go to. So, so you know, as hard as you work to get a new client and as hard as you work to keep current customers, if that company decides to make a change and um, people go somewhere else. You don't have any, um, I guess, other carriers that you could potentially place that business with. So 
it, it became apparent to me that I needed to work for an independent insurance agency that gave me many options so I could continue to be the advocate for my customer and not be a company person. You know, having a stable of great carriers to work with allows me to find the best solution for the customer, not try and fit them into what I had to offer. Mm -hmm. And how did that make you feel when you were still on the job trying to make things work? You had a customer base trying to satisfy, but you weren't able to as a, as a seller. How did that make you feel? Well, it's extremely frustrating. I, I mean, I can literally remember a client telling me, gosh, Andy, this really stinks because we enjoy working with you and your staff, but I have to go somewhere else because it's what's right for me. Very sorry. You know, and it, those are, you don't have to have a couple of those where you start to scratch your head and go, you know what, we're doing everything that we should do. We're doing everything right to earn the trust and loyalty of these customers, but it's the product that's making them leave. So I got to figure something else out. Did you, while you were trying to figure it out, did you ever try to close the customer on the sale, even if it wasn't in their very best interest? You still had a job to do. You had a quota to keep. You're watching your best customers get ready to walk away. Did you ever try to keep them, even though maybe you shouldn't have? You can't. Uh, you know, the towns that I've always worked in are, are relatively small, smaller, rural type communities. Mm. And the first time that you do something because it's right for your commission statement, um, that word will get out real quick if you're Preach. not doing the right thing for the customer. Yes, so, sir. you know, and that that's why that lesson is so hard, because there have been many situations where we've met with a potential client. We've looked at their program. And they're right where they needed to be, even though it wasn't with us. So you say, hey, if anything changes, keep us in mind. But you, you have the right program. You never can try and make a sale to make a sale because it's what's right for you. Unless you don't plan on being in the industry very long yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that'll catch up or come around. Yeah, there's nothing that you have better than your name. And, and you, can't, uh, you can't put that at risk. And so then what did you do? You find yourself in this spot. What's next? Well, I was uh, very cognizant of where a lot of those customers were going uh, because UIS had an agency or an office in the town where I was at. And you, you only have to lose to somebody so many times to go, well, if you can't beat them, maybe you should join them. And, you know, was able to uh, get into a situation where the agency had transferred ownership from um, one to another, and they were looking to continue to grow. Like I said, I think there were maybe 10 salespeople in five or six offices at the time when I joined in 02, which we've now grown to multiple and have over 115 people, 30 salespeople. So, you know, I kind of got in at a right time as we were really um, looking to expand or the agency was looking to expand. Yeah. And so now you're, you're expanded and, and you're with this organization and you've brought success and you have, did you say 120? Are you, uh, are those all your direct reports? Do you have 120 salespeople counting on you? No, we have 120 total employees. Oh, okay. And out of that 120, roughly 30 are salespeople. <laughs> That's far better. Good. That would have taken a lot oh, of grit. <laughs> That's a Not whole different story. In the day. <laughs> so there's, now you have 30. And we talked before about how hard it is to get started, how hard it is to, to do the right things along the way. Tell me about the challenges and hurdles you have now as uh, being a producer 
but also being a manager and and uh, being responsible for the results of of 30 other sellers in this market one of the challenges that we we work through is with 30 um ish producers not all of them are at the same stage of their career we have people that have been doing it as long or longer than i have and have a, an existing book of business that while they do still sell and have new business revenue, their main priority is to maintain that book of business, um, where we've got seven people that have been in the industry less than five years. So, you know, there, there are a lot of different needs across that group of people. You know, the seven newer folks, we need to really work on sales training and, and accountability and keeping the pipeline full and, and, actual physical time with them is as they get these opportunities, um, we don't want to send them in there with their chin without knowledge or experience. So we we have to really work through who's going to partner up and not hold their hand, but stand side by side with them to, to I guess, make sure that what they're doing for that potential client is the right thing. You know, if you have a, an agent that has never sold a cyber liability policy, try and explain that to somebody, you're asking for trouble. So because insurance is such a vast industry, there is a ton of um, technical knowledge that we have to try and put in place for those people. And, And for them to learn it in a year or two is unreasonable. So we have to be a, um, what's a resource or, or a subject matter expert for them. So again, I don't know all things, you know, we've got people that are well tuned with manufacturing risks, or we have um, folks that are very good with contractors or whatever line of industry you want to talk about. So we make sure that the newer producers know who those experts are if they come into an opportunity with a, uh, an account like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering how you manage that. So you've got, uh, well, let's call them old dogs. They've been in the business. They know what they know. And they've got the very best book of business. They've built it up over many years and it's extremely important to you. You can't lose it. Then you've got the new guys and they know nothing and need a ton of time and yet they don't have much book to lose, whether they win or, or lose. How do you figure out where best to put your time? Uh, it can't just be the squeaky wheel, can it? How do, how do you manage you to make sure that your different levels of salespeople all do their job really well? Well, we have a monthly sales meeting, uh, you know, so we're always I in hate contact. Those. <laughs> well, the sales meeting is whatever you want to call it, because... <laughs> There, there's always updates with the carriers we have and all those types of things. And we, and we do put the numbers right out in front of people. You know, the best producers that I know are all competitive people, mm. right? So, you know, if, if Jimmy sold more than I did last month, well, that might light a fire under my chair to, to hopefully beat him the following month. So, and, and we have internal contests and all those things, but we, we use that time to make sure um, that the, old dogs, as you called them, are, are helping impart some of that knowledge. We're giving uh, actual, hey, we had these three appointments last month. Here's how they went. Here's what went wrong. Here's what we could have done better. You know, we're trying to share the successes, 
but also share the lessons um, across that range of folks. Um, and we do hold everybody accountable, even the old dogs, to certain um, standards within how they handle that book of business. It's theirs, but I'll tell you what, if you're not seeing them more than once a year, yeah. uh, you're not doing your job. You know, things change quick and, and we have to bring more to the table than another insurance agent. If we're not bringing value, if we're not bringing information, if we're not making sure that we're keeping things up to date, as well as looking for other opportunities within that account, we're going to lose it at some point. That's a, that's a really good perspective, and I'm glad you're, you're seeing it that way, and I think your customers are probably appreciating that. I'm, I'm wondering along that same line now, you're a manager. Can you give me, remember back when you were brand new and you learned all the lessons? Can you, can you share a story of as a manager, as a newer manager or recent manager, that you maybe were a better producer than you were a manager? Can you share some hurdles of being a manager as opposed to just being a producer? Maybe some places where you really had to show some extra grit to overcome some problems. Every time I go into an appointment with a younger producer, mm -hmm. I'm trying to tell myself, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you get into those sales opportunities and the switch flips and you, and you want to just kind of roll in and to have a younger producer take the lead on that and, and let them either find their way or lose their way without being overbearing or, or trying to take control. Um, that's tough. Sometimes you, you, you need to bite your tongue and, you know, sit on your hands and, and let them succeed. Or if you see it going left, then you need to know how you can easily transition into try and pull them back on course. That that's a struggle that I think all producers have. And those that are in a management or a, a sales team type role, it's tough to not just go make the sale. But you have to let them do that. And, and, and so I've, I fail with that miserably whenever I've tried. In fact, my salespeople always say, look, I know you're going to take over. So, you know, I, I, I get that. So, But the question I have for you, is it ever okay to let that salesperson learn all the way through even to failure? Is it ever okay to lose the opportunity in, uh, in, in, to gain the experience so that you can gain the next six? Or do you always have to step in somehow and do what's right for the company? Um, I just within the last month, um, there was a, an account that I went on with one of our newest producers and we had went through the proposal that he had put together, talked about some things said, Hey, you're going to have to adjust this before we go out. And, and then I was gone and didn't see him until two days later when we had the meeting. Mm -hmm. So we're driving in and I hadn't seen the adjusted proposal uh, when we sit down and we're going through it, I knew what he did because I, I had reviewed it with him, but it was extremely confusing for the potential client. Um, this poor guy was taking notes on three different pages and drawing arrows. And, you know, when I got back and, and I told the producer, I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. I let you down that we didn't go in there looking more prepared. Um Hopefully you'll learn from this. I've learned that we need to give it that final spot check to make sure that when we go in, we know exactly how we're going to do it. We didn't pregame enough. We didn't prepare. Um, and, and it all worked out. He made the amendments, sent the guy the updated thing with the information we got. But but I couldn't have felt worse sitting there 
as somebody with 20 plus 25 years in this, that, that we didn't look sharper. So whether I intended to or not, we failed (laughs) in my opinion. And, and, um, I won't ever let that happen again. Yeah. And you learned how to overcome that in the future before it even happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Preparation takes care of a lot of things. Boy, that's for sure. Congratulations on learning that and for sharing that for those folks. I'm interested now. You've been successful and you are successful. I think you maybe don't like to pat yourself on the back a lot, but congratulations for building a great company or at least being part of that. What's next um, for, for the company? What are the hurdles that you see in the future and for your position that you're going to have to show some grit to overcome? Well, and, and one of the reasons that, I mean, I'll take the the small credit with the portion that I have, but I'm on a team with five, four other people on the management team. We've got two owners that are still on the board. Um, so th- it's a 100% team effort uh, for us to continue to grow this agency, whether it's the HR portion or the accounting department, or, you know, we've been very successful as an agency um, completing acquisitions, um, all the statistics, average age is 58 or 60, and not many of them have a um, plan to succeed, succeed that business to the next generation type thing. So there's always a lot of uh, acquisition opportunities. I think we've done over 30 in the last 40 years. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, those are the hurdles that those opportunities will continue to come up. Um, vetting them and finding the right fits for our agency are, are going to be the hard part of discerning which of those opportunities are the best ones to take action on. Um, you know, being 50 years old, I, I know I've got at least 15 more years because I love what I do mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that the same opportunities that have been afforded me are afforded the next generation within our agency. Uh, the agency's been around since 1924, so we'll celebrate our 100th anniversary uh, in 2024, and we want to make sure we do everything we can to make it or keep it a locally owned and operated business. Um, so those are going to be challenges, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we're fighting them daily. <laughs> keep the grit flowing. Andy, if someone wanted to reach out to you to learn maybe even some of your sales wisdom, but at least to learn more about what your insurance company does or or how they might uh, – put some of what you've talked about today into action, how would they reach you? I think the easiest way is to look up our website, uh, uisprotect.com, or obviously LinkedIn is a way to find me as well. Perfect. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being so open and uh, and vulnerable too about your history and, and your past and, and uh, the success you've accomplished. A quick plug for uh, Spire Advertising. They do promote this show and produce this show and, and make this show possible. Uh, we are a marketing company that helps business organizations figure things out. Um, If you're looking to accomplish some goal, reach some plateau, can't quite get there, spinning your wheels, spending too much money on marketing, not getting the return, whatever it might be, um, we like to start with strategy. Let us help you out. If you're interested in that, my name is Brian and you'll find me at spiread.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So reach out and see if we can help. Andy, thank you so much for being a part of our show. I've looked forward to this because I love to talk to salespeople. We get it, don't we? <laughs> we think so. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not afraid to tell people that we get it. Right. <laughs> so I'm really thankful for you being on the show. Folks, we do Dash of Grit once a week uh, without fail. And you can find a lot of past episodes on dashofgrit.com or wherever you find your podcast. We're also on YouTube. And uh, you can check out our beautiful faces there if you would 
like. So until we meet again uh, on the next Dash of Grit, um, stay gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 